This episode of Grow Getters is brought to you by Grow Getters Club, a high-touch mastermind helping smart women incubate and grow their business ideas, side hustles, and passion projects together. Join the waitlist at growgetters.io forward slash club for our next intake. Welcome to Grow Getters, the future skills podcast. If you want to future-proof yourself, turn your hobby into a profitable side hustle and create a thriving, multi-passionate career, then you're in the right place. Each week, we keep you up to speed with all the hottest and most in-demand methods, models, tools, and trends in business and tech to help you stay ahead of the game and grow. I'm GrowGetters co-founder and innovation specialist, Tiffany Hart. And I'm GrowGetters co-founder and digital strategist, Tanya Gama. So if you're ready to stay relevant in your element and be excellent, Follow the Grow Getters podcast for your weekly fix of future skills. Now, let's get growing. Do you have a tendency to get caught up in the details of tasks and projects? Do you struggle to get things done or launch new projects because they're never quite ready enough? Do you believe that nothing is ever done unless it's done perfectly? If this sounds like you, then this Masterclass episode is an absolute must-listen. Direct from the US, we chatted with National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach and Family Studies and Human Development Doctorate, Leslie Bosch, PhD, who takes us through how crippling perfectionism can be on our well-being and provides proven strategies and tips to overcome it and increase our work and life satisfaction. In this episode, Leslie unpacks why being a proud perfectionist can actually hold you back, how to start letting go and managing moments that might feel overwhelming, and the first signs of burnout and when you need to take action. So without further ado, here's Leslie. So thank you so much again, Leslie, for joining us on the podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you here. And today we're going to dive into a topic that a lot of us are familiar with especially as solopreneurs and side hustlers, we are commonly known for being perfectionists. So I'd love to get into that topic with you. But before we get there, I would love to know a bit about your journey and how you came about helping people to live this balanced and joyful life. Please take us back to this point of where you've come from and why this is important for you and why you do this work. Thank you so very much for the opportunity to be with you. Before I became a coach, like many of your listeners, I was working long hours in a very demanding job. I was working as a developmental psychologist in the lab, working on how to help people adapt to the changes and the developmental challenges that they were having in their lives. Unfortunately, I was also mismanaging my stress. So I was eating lots of junk food. I wasn't exercising. I was sleeping poorly. I was grumpy with my husband because I was tense all the time. And I certainly wasn't having any fun. So I didn't realize it at the time, but I was unwittingly treating my well-being, my health, and my relationships for success in my career. It was starting basically to take a toll. Fortunately, I enrolled in a wellness class offered through the Andrew Wells Center for Integrative Medicine, where I learned about an integrative approach to health. There, I was encouraged to basically clean up my act in seven core areas of health, which I did. And after several months of concerted effort, I began to feel better. I lost some weight. I felt more relaxed. I felt more connected to my husband. I felt more purposeful and productive again. 
And I was so happy with the lifestyle changes that I made that I decided to take my efforts to the next level and become a national board certified health and wellness coach. So now I combine my understanding of change and development and transformation with sort of health and wellness topics and help my clients to make those sort of upgrades as well. Wow, amazing. So you actually experienced it yourself like most of us, and then you went about it to really get down to the depth of it. Was there a tipping point? Was there a point where you said enough is enough? Oh, absolutely. I think when I got into the course, when I was like starting to gain weight, my blood sugars were starting to rise and I was starting to just feel so unhappy that I just sort of knew at that point I need to do something. And that's really where I saw the course. And then through the course, I learned about so many things that I didn't know that I could do in an effort to take better care of myself and especially around stress management, things that I could do. And as a recovering perfectionist, there are definitely perfectionism will add additional and unnecessary stress. Mm -hmm. Yes, very good. Thank you for that interjection to our topic, because that's exactly what we're going to focus on today. So a lot of people would consider themselves proudly perfectionists. Could you shed shed some light on why perfectionism could be holding them or us back? Great, great question. Well, a lot of reasons for this is when we have really sort of unreasonably high standards, then we're always falling short. And is and it's that gap that creates negative emotions for people. So when people feel negative emotions, they tend to engage in unhealthy behaviors. When they feel positive emotions, then they tend to engage in healthy behaviors. So with perfectionism, a lot of times we can basically set ourselves up for this ongoing failure which can be very discouraging and can a lot of times take us out of play or cause us to procrastinate or even sort of make us wonder, like, again, all those things about I'm not good enough. This, you know, this isn't worth doing. I'll never get it done. So it can be very demoralizing. Okay. And what kind of advice would you give a seasoned perfectionist to start letting go and managing moments that could be feeling overwhelming? Well, the first thing that I think is important for people to understand is really that there is a distinction, right, between perfectionism and the pursuit sort of of excellence. Pursuit of excellence as an ideal is something that, you know, can be beneficial because if we set higher standards for us or create bigger dreams, all of this can serve to be very inspiring. But the difference between perfectionism and the pursuit of excellence is With the pursuit of excellence, it's okay for you to make mistakes. It's okay for you to have failures. It's okay for there to be imperfections and for you to be able to learn from those things, incorporate the learnings, and then, you know, try again. Whereas with perfectionism, there really is kind of an allergic reaction, if you will, to flaws, to mistakes, to failures. And this can really, again, cause us to sort of shut down or quit prematurely. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does very much. And so with this perfectionist way of life, like a lot of us are experiencing, what do we do to start to unravel that? Of course, this is a behavior and it's either a learned behavior or it's it's an innate behavior inside of us. How do we start to slow this down or start to weave this out of our way of being, our way of doing? 
So one of the one of the strategies that I'd love to bring for perfection is there are a lot of strategies, but one of my favorite is really self-compassion. And self-compassion essentially has three steps to it. In the first step, it really is about mindfulness. The first thing that we really need to do with any challenge is to become more aware of what it is that we're doing, right? So we need to build usually like mindfulness practices will help with this because in this case, we really sort of need to build that metacognition or that thinking about thinking so that we can begin to even see the things that we're saying to ourselves. Because without that awareness of what's actually going on to create the distress, we really don't have any place to sort of begin. So step one is really to begin to watch your thoughts and even begin to write them down so that you know what it is that you're saying to yourself. Thank you for that. That's a very good step. So perfectionism is also directly connected to burnout um, in lots of cases, I'm sure. So what are the first signs of burnout and when should you start worrying before, getting, before things get too far or out of hand? That's a great thing to think about also. Some indicators of high stress levels are things like you're feeling pressured and overwhelmed and you're feeling that a lot of time. Sometimes the reason burnout happens, especially with perfectionists, is we want to be perfect everywhere. The other thing we want to do is we want to make everybody around us perfect. So what ends up happening is you end up taking on so much, right? Somebody who is not so much perfectionistic might decide where they want to strive for excellence in this area, but in other areas of their life, average is good enough, right? Whenever another thing is when we're trying to make others perfect, this is also a big strain on us because this is really stuff that is outside of our control. So becoming aware of how it is that you're adding too much on your plate, this is another thing. But you begin to feel very pressured and overwhelmed. You basically tend to take care of everyone and everything but yourself. You often feel irritable. You can find yourself snapping at loved ones. You might feel all alone and isolated, like no one really understands what you're going through. You might frantically try to get everything done, but fear, right, that this is unsustainable and that you're headed for burnout. You might feel like your performance at work has been slipping, right? You're just not quite up to speed. You might be sleeping fitfully, right, because you can't turn your mind off at night. You might be stress eating. You might be missing quality time with your friends and family because you're distracted and exhausted. And you might start to have physical symptoms, like you might get tension headaches or a stiff neck or pains in your stomach, or you might have you know, some IBS, gastrointestinal problems. Like exhaustion is another big one. And also that sense of demoralization, like why bother? I'm just not getting anywhere. So those are some examples or indicators of things that you might wanna be watch, uh, watching out for. Wow, that's a, a very comprehensive list. Thank you, Leslie. And, and, and if any of our listeners are having any of those symptoms or a couple of those symptoms, what should they do next? Well, going back to self-compassion, once you realize, because again, this can be part of the mindfulness piece, once you realize that, uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm seeing a lot of perfectionistic thoughts, a lot of shoulds, a lot of people-pleasing, a lot of efforts to do everything right all the time, 
then basically you can move into what would be like the second step, which is where you begin to understand that you're not alone, right? That you're not alone in the fact that you make mistakes, that you have shortcomings, that you fail, that you have imperfections, that you have weaknesses, right? For perfectionists, a lot of times this is really hard. It can be very hard for us to just accept our humanity and recognize that everyone sort of struggles with the challenges, as it were, of being human. Self-compassion is especially good, like I said, when you're realizing that you are dealing with personal inadequacy. And that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to accept that. Of course, you can always be striving to learn more and to grow and to become more skilled. But again, perfectionists don't really want to be sitting with the fact that, uh, okay, I'm not perfect, right? I have imperfections. I have flaws. I'm falling short of the mark or I fail to get mm -hmm. the outcome that I was looking for. So just remembering again, okay, we're all in this together, all human beings, right? We all have this. We're all struggling with this can help to take away the sting, basically, of that isolation and that estrangement, thinking that I'm the only one, I'm the only one, everyone else is having a great time, but I'm having difficult time. Does that yeah, make sense? Totally does. Thank you. That's a very nice explanation of it. You are doing a lot of clinical or, clinical or, or client work, coaching work, and in your client's What's the most common problem you come across and what do you suggest to help them overcome it? Well, again, especially as it relates to perfectionism, one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest challenges I see is people are really harsh with themselves. They have a very harsh inner critic. So when things don't go according to plan, when they're learning something new, when they're having difficulty with a challenge, Oftentimes, they can be very harsh with themselves, calling themselves names or running themselves down or thinking a lot about, you know, sort of reciting all the ways in which they're just good enough, right? So here again, with the self-compassion piece, this is really where we try to transform and work with that inner critic and trying to share self-kindness instead. And a lot of times, one of the best ways to do this with clients is there are several ways to do it, but one of the best ways to do it is to imagine that you were with a dear friend and that a dear friend was going through this challenge and then asking yourself, what would you say to your dear friend in order to sort of encourage them to keep trying or encourage them to learn from their mistakes or encourage them around whatever isn't working for them? And then you can ask the client, you know, to tell me, but also they can write it in a letter and then they can read it to themselves. If they have a difficult time doing that, they can imagine having a, um, a cherished mentor who is also kind and compassionate, telling them, speaking to them and saying kind things to them. So those are some of the things, one of the biggest things, like I said, is that harsh, harsh, harsh inner critic. Yes, all around. <laughs> yes. So yeah, thank you very much. To finalize this interview today, because it's been very insightful and insightful, I'm, I'm sure, for our audience, because I can pretty much assume that a lot of us experience this tendency either at a magnitude or a, or, or a lesser. 
So what's one thing we should all stop doing today and start doing today? Well, one of the things I think that we should all stop doing today is being really harsh with ourselves. And one of the things that we can start doing instead is being kind with ourselves. And again, this self-compassion practice can help. So for instance, when you're really having a tough moment, could take a self-compassion break. And so when you feel that there's that moment of suffering, when you're really kind of feeling that tension and sort of that pushing for something to be perfect, or you're feeling, I'm just not measuring up, I'm not enough, or you're feeling discouraged, or you're wanting to procrastinate, what you can do is just stop, take a deep breath, and basically take a self-compassion break. And the way you do this is basically you can put a hand on your heart and basically just say something to yourself like, darling, this is a moment of suffering or difficulty. And suffering is a part of life. We all struggle with this. So I'm not alone. And may I be kind to myself. And then there from that moment, may I be kind to myself. You can ask yourself, what could I do right now to be kind to myself? And then you can sit with that and allow that kindness to pour into you and to soothe and comfort you. And then once you start to feel a little more calm, then again, you can move forward with what that thing is that you can do to be kind to yourself to get back on track. Thank you. It's a wonderful message and it's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast, Leslie. So thank you for sharing that message and especially around dialing down the harshness, the inner critic, which is sometimes overbearing and really dialing up this self-compassion and kindness and loving kindness to, to oneself. So thank you for that message. I hope that everyone enjoys this episode and can really take these gold nuggets from, from Leslie to heart and that it helps you with your life, your weeks as, as they roll on. So thank you very much, Leslie, for this interview and thanks for your advice. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and to contribute to your listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Grow Getters. If you love the podcast, then we know you'll love the club. Introducing Grow Getters Club, the intimate mastermind for global grow-getting women like you that holds you accountable, attracts your kind of people, and cuts through the clutter so you can get crystal clear on your zone of genius, whatever that might be. No matter what stage of your business journey, our community of brilliant, like-minded women are all working together towards the same goal, clarity for their one big thing. Grogetters Club is a perfect blend of everything you need to launch your side hustle or scale your business in no time. You'll get exclusive access to expert-led masterclasses and events covering the hottest future skills topics so you stay on top of your game. You'll tap into the brains of a cohort of incredibly talented and diverse women you can collaborate with via regular co-working and peer-to-peer skill exchange sessions. Our live roundtable workshops will help you working on your biz in real time using mirror boards to track your progress and the accountability of an intimate group will keep Keep you on track to achieve your wildest dreams. Best of all, you'll be part of a growing movement of women who are taking active steps to future-proof themselves and encourage each other to thrive. So come and join the waitlist for Grow Getters Club at growgetters.io forward slash club. Our next intake is coming soon, so make sure you sign up today.